Futurism, the rebellion of the life of intuition and feeling. Quivering and impetuous spring declares inexorable war on doctrines, individuals, and works that repeat, prolong, or exalt the past at the expense of the future. It proclaims the conquest of amoral liberty, of action, conscience, and imagination. It proclaims that art is disinterest, heroism, and contempt for easy success. Francesco Balia Pratella, the father of futurist music. Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. This is episode two, Futurist and Fascist, Modern Music of Early 20th Century Italy. We're your hosts, I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. Today we are discussing the Futurist movement, which explored the intersection of aggressive ideologies and abrasive sound production. This movement influenced noise music and avant-garde artists of today. It was also the first time art could showcase its relationship with power and show how art can influence politics and power, which is that link between avant-garde art movements and politics that has presided over the avant-garde tradition ever since. High art has been a form of expression for elite audiences in Italy and much of Europe for most of human civilization. Following the Baroque period, Italians were left talking about Italian art from the lens of Baroque and Renaissance artists without coming up with any new ideas. Paris, on the other hand, was flourishing with modern art. Filippo Tommaso Marinetti launched Futurist in 1909 with the founding and manifesto of Futurism. The movement endured until his death in 1944. Futurism spread to every corner of the globe by the 1930s and even as far as Japan. Educated in Egypt and France, Marinetti wrote his poetry and plays mostly in French. His father was a man of means and wanted his son to go into law. Instead, Marinetti wrote poetry and ended up winning a contest in France for his poem, The Old Sailors. His father reluctantly paid for him to go to Paris and he stayed there to continue to publish poetry in many well-known Parisian journals. His book, The Conquest of Stars, was published and soon after, two more books featuring aggressive ideologies, love of speed, racing cars, and modern urban life. He learned a lot about the art of publicity and continued to draw attention to his art, poetry, and later performances. 
Marinetti became known as the caffeine of Europe for the energy he produced in support for futurist lectures, manifestos, exhibitions, and publications. With industrialization, a new man of Italy, mass communication, and a new sense of the world moved the futurist art form quickly throughout Europe. Acceptance and initial reactions were problematic, as was much of the new music and art to come in the early 20th century, and the aggressive and arrogant personalities of the futurist artist turned off the public. Later on, many artists wanted to distance themselves from futurists. Ezra Pound rejected any relationship his art had with the Italian group. He once even said that Marinetti was a corpse. However, Pound later stated that he owed a great debt to Marinetti and the Futurists as they gave a great boost to all of European literature. Carl Teague, a prominent Czech avant-garde artist, said, Marinetti was the promoter of mass action and his manifestos hinted at the principles of Dadaism and Surrealism. Futurism reawakened the art of the whole world. F.T. Marinetti published the Futurist Manifesto on the front page of Le Figaro in Paris in 1909. This controversial text called for lashing out against Pasitismo and Pasitista. And that basically means it was against antiquity, complacency, and the traditional arts like the Baroque and the Renaissance. And this called for more destruction of museums, libraries, and feminism. A cry to destroy all older culture and showcase the beauty of the times, which included machines, speed, violence, and constant change. Marinetti proclaims, It is from Italy that we launch through the world this violently upsetting incendiary manifesto. With it, today we establish futurism because we want to free this land from its smelly gangrene of professors, archaeologists, Ciceroni, and antiquarians. For too long has Italy been a dealer in second-hand clothes. We mean to free her from the numberless museums that cover her like so many graveyards. Marinetti was heavily influenced by French Cubism and Etienne Jules Mary, a scientist and photographer who studied the mechanics of bodies in motion. It's good to note that Marie also created the first cat video, which is uh, known as Falling Cat and was uh, created in 1894. When we look at the principles of futurism in this compelling and somewhat disturbing piece, we find idealistic and almost romantic notions of how youth could shape the future in the first two points of his manifesto. The first one, we intend to sing the love of danger, the habit of energy and fearlessness. And the second, courage, audacity, and revolt will be the essential elements of our poetry. So this reads like a cry out for a higher calling to move art in the Italian state to another level in the world. At this time in Italy, they're looking to become more of an imperialist state. The Austro-Hungarian Empire still has a hold on territories with vast amounts of Italians like the city Triste, one of the first sites of Marinetti's speeches, which he called evening performances of futurist ideologies. Mussolini rose to power at this time, and he wanted to bring Italy to the world stage and to dominate that stage in the 10s, 20s, and 30s. And at the same time in Italy, Francesco Bellia Pratella, who some call the father of futurist music, performed La Cina de Vargon in 1909, and he won a contest at the community theater in Bologna, showing that futurism had a place in art. 
Marinetti, offering advice to Bertella when he was joining the Futurist movement, says, In order to win over Paris and appear in the eyes of all Europe, an absolute innovator, the most advanced of all, I urge you to get to work with all your heart, resolute on being bolder, crazier, more advanced, surprising, eccentric, incomprehensible, and more grotesque than anybody else in music. I urge you to be a madman. The Manifesto of Futurist Musicians was later published in 1911 by Pratella, and it too held the symbols of the future as fast, aggressive, and modern. It was directed towards the youth as they were less tainted by tradition. Pratella's manifesto echoes Marinetti's and says that some people are born old, and it is only the young and modern that should read this. Later that year, he followed with Futurist Music, technical manifesto where Pratella proclaims the need for musicians to write their own experience and incorporated the environment around them. For example, his 11th point, he says, Music must contain all the new attitudes of nature always tamed by man in different ways through incessant scientific discoveries. It must render the musical spirit of the masses, the grand industrial factories, trains, transatlantic steamers, battleships, automobiles, and airplanes. It must add the domination of the machine and the victorious reign of electricity to the great central motifs of the musical poem. Futurists didn't hold anything back. Pratella says Pure Symphony, The Last Refuge, harbors the failed opera composers who justify themselves by preaching the death of the music drama as an absurd and anti-musical form. On the other hand, they confirm the traditional claim that the Italians are not born equipped for the symphony, revealing themselves equally inept in this most noble and vital form of composition. After winning the contest in Bologna, it showed Pratella that the, quote, triumphal entrance into the world of Italian music has enabled me to assess with complete serenity the mediocrity that has reduced Italian music to a single and almost invariable form of vulgar melodrama, resulting in our absolute inferiority in the face of the futurist evolution of music in other countries. So in his manifesto, Pratella goes on to assess the current European musicians, both praising and critiquing their work. So around the late 1910s, you see futurist music beginning to emerge across Europe. Pratella then calls out to Italy to step up their game. He condones Italy's musical schools and other establishments for promoting traditionalism, which combats growth and stifles creativity and the ability to think for yourself. In Parma, Italy, the riots started by the Futurists went as far as getting Italian National Police and the Battalion of Infantry involved. He calls out to youth to stand and fight against the mediocrity and unchain themselves from opportunism and vanity passed down by tradition. He has an 11-point thesis, and we're going to sum up those points in our own words here. Convince the youth to desert classical training. To do away with critics' opinions. Free yourself from rank and file, because there's no criteria for musical expression or what is the best form of it. Don't sell out. Stop imitating the past. Look at the environment around you. 
The path that is shown to you is not right. Shape your own path and standard. Importance to the singer in the art is as important as an instrument in an ensemble. Be the author of your own work. Opera is also about the drama around the music provided, not just the voices. Change the stage decor, the look of it. Do away with the contempt of modernizing the stage. Get rid of old ballads written by the church. Their views are no longer valid in a futurist world. Nourish hostility toward old works. Take to the streets and seek out the non-authentic and punish them. Support the revolutionary and know what the enemy will know. Pratella goes on to say, I laugh serenely and I care not a jot. I have climbed beyond the past and I loudly summon young musicians to the flag of futurism, which is launched by the poet Marinetti in Paris, has in a short space of time conquered most of the intellectual centers of the world. Luigi Rosolo was easily the most prominent future composer and is often referred to as the father of noise music. He was born in 1885 in Portuguaro, Italy. He was a painter primarily and a self-taught musician. Russolo conceived a new art by listening to Pratella at the Teatro Costani in Rome. Russolo wrote The Art of Noises in March of 1913 and he addressed it to Pratella specifically because he thought Pratella would be the only one that could produce his ideal sounds. The Art of Noises is noted as one of the most important works of the 20th century. He drew sounds from an urban environment that is increasingly industrial and crowded. Rousseau laid out six categories of noises as described in Art of Noises. Roars, thunderings, explosions, hissing roars, bangs, and booms. Whistling, hissing, puffing. Whispers, murmurs, mumbling, muttering, and gurgling. Screeching, creaking, rustling, humming crackling, rubbing. Noise is obtained by beating on metals, woods, skins, stones, pottery, etc. Voices of animals and peoples, shouts, screams, shrieks, wails, <coughs> hoots, howls, death rattles, and sobs. Rusolo observed in awe the rapidly urbanizing and industrial environment. It was becoming noisier. He said, Ancient life was all silence. In the 19th century, with the invention of the machine, noise was born. For many centuries, life went by in silence, or at most, in muted tones. Amidst this dearth of noises, the first sounds that man drew from a pieced reed or a stretched string were regarded with amazement as new and marvelous things. So Russolo says that early humans, with their new instruments, attributed sound to the gods. It was considered sacred and reserved for priests, who used instruments to enrich mystery of their rites. And so was born the concept of sound as a thing in itself, distinct and independent of life. And the result was music, a fantastic world superimposed onto the real one. Rusolo finds it easy to understand how music resulted inevitably into the hindering of its progress when comparison with other arts. The Greeks themselves, with their musical theories calculated mathematically by Pythagoras, and according to which only a few consonant intervals could be used. Rusolo thought this limited the field of music the Middle Ages, with the development and modification of the Greek tetrachordal system with the Gregorian chant and popular songs, enriched the art of music. 
but it continued to consider sound and its development in time, a restricted notion, in a notion that lasted many centuries. The desire search and taste for a simultaneous union of different sounds, that is, for the chord, were gradually made manifest, passing from the consonant perfect chord to the complicated and persistent dissonances that characterize contemporary music of Rusolo's time. At first, the art of music sought purity, something sweet and easy on the ears. As music becomes continually more complicated, Rusolo strive to amalgamate the most dissonant, strange, and harsh sounds. In this way, we come ever closer to noise sound. With this background in mind, Rusolo found a new calling, create noisy music as his art. Outside of painting, Rusolo began to invent musical machines to mimic and create the noises he describes in Art of Noises with his brother, Antonio. His brother Antonio Russolo, primarily a musician, used acoustic noise generators created by Luigi known as Antonomori, and this translates to noise and toners, and they can control the dynamics and pitch of a sound. Antonomori, some call the first analog synthesizer, look like boxes set up with a pipe coming out of them in the shape of a cone that acted as a speaker and a crank or button that controlled the sound. The lever on top of the box controls the pitch, giving it an intermediate scale of successive changes, which allowed him to span a series of octaves. The boxes have a wooden or metal wheel inside that causes a string inside to vibrate. The tense end of the string is modified by the lever that gives it different notes. The other end of the string was attached to a drum head that transmitted the vibrations to the speaker. Now we'll play an example of the Intona Rumori. It's performed by Robert Warby for BBC Radio 3. Rusolo made 27 different varieties of intonorumori, producing the six different types of noises he described in Art of Noises. Some of them are as large as armoires, and others were small, like the size of a modern record player. 
Russolo presented the Internum Romari for the first time in August 1913 in what is known as the Futurist Headquarters in Milan called Casa Rosa, a laboratory for futurist innovation. In 1921, Luigi Russolo would go on to patent his instruments. These include his Rumorimonio, Noise Harmonium, Intona Romori, Enharmonic Piano, and Stringed Instruments. In 1926, Russolo developed Sufarmoni, keyboard instruments that mimic nature, animals, and insects. There are differing accounts for when the first futurist noise performances were, but according to Carl Dahlhaus, they were first performed in April of 1914. first futurist performances were said to cause riots. Russolo accounts for one such riot during the performance of his three-piece set called Or My Network of Noises in Milan in 1914. Russolo had prepared tirelessly for months, and finally the futurists were able to realize an orchestra of noise instruments only. Russolo describes the anticipation. I was finally to present a performance of my three compositions, or my network of noises, beginning with the awakening of the city. Dining on the hotel terrace, and the final piece, the meeting of automobiles and airplanes. It was during his last piece that there was what Russolo calls a terrible battle that continued even outside of the theater. Then Dollhouse leads to an account from one of the Parisian papers describing the lead up to the riot during Awakening of the City performance. He said, Something extraordinary happened. People became unruly. The futurists restrained themselves for an hour as the piece continued. And in the third piece, Marinetti and other futurist artists vanish from the stage, and they emerge from the empty orchestra pit and hurl themselves into the crowd like a stage dive. The battle in the orchestra lasts for a half an hour while Rosolo continued to direct the noise instruments. As stated in Rosolo's Art of Noises, it was indeed an impressive simultaneity of bloody faces and noisy and harmonics and an infernal din. Eleven people needed medical attention after the battle. While Russolo says, the futurists, triumphant and completely unscathed, went on to sip their drinks quietly at a nearby cafe. Alex Ross wrote, Sound is a trembling of the air, and it affects the body as well as the mind. The way certain notes hit the inner ear can create a sensation of this roughness that you could literally feel in your ear. Futurists and noise musicians through history have caused many riots, criticisms, and scandal because of the way that the sounds interacts in the ears and the minds of people. Futurism wanted to reject the Wagnerian music and play it with materialist, secular music of noises. They wanted a physical sensation to take hold of the body during the performances making the audience aware of their material bodies with noises familiar from a regular life. The audience was more receptive in London a year later. The Russolo brothers continued to travel and play around Europe. Luigi Russolo participated in Marinetti's play Il Tamburo di Fuoco in 1922. Marinetti incorporated the Antona Rumori into his play. Futurist music becomes more accepted and continued to sweep across Europe. Russolo's last public concert was in Paris at an exhibition of futurist painters in Gallery 23, and it was presented by the French composer Edgar Varese in 1929. 
The Variety Theater were evenings of dynamic declamation. Marinetti's Variety Theater Manifesto appearing first in La Serba on October 1, 1913. Variety Theater reformed the means of performing. They wanted to destroy the fourth wall in theater. The first Variety Theater performance was Francisco Canquillo's work called Pito Grada. Marinetti and Giacomo Bala were the main performers. Futurist paintings adorned the walls. Red lights gave the room a surreal feeling. They addressed the audience with declarations of alogical futurist ideologies and serenaded them with homemade instruments such as tofa, a large seashell. Five different instruments were played in all for this performance, and these performances rejected pretense and emphasized direct experience, often inviting the audience to participate. The performance took Peter Grada on tour to Russia, Belgium, U.S., and England with little positive response. While World War I begins to the east, Italy declared neutrality in August 1914. Marinetti, always intent on pushing Italy to dominance on the world stage, wanted to prepare Italians for war. In his February 1915, The Futurist Synthetic Theater, he says, Therefore, we think that the only way to inspire Italy with the warlike spirit today is through the theater. In fact, 90% of Italians go to the theater. But what is needed is a futurist theater, completely opposed to the passiest theater that drags its monotonous, depressing processions around the sleepy Italian stages. We are convinced that mechanically, by force of brevity, we can achieve an entirely new theater, perfectly in tune with our swift and laconic futurist sensibility. Our acts can be moments only a few seconds long. Marinetti actually hoped to outcompete the cinema with his futurist theater ideas. By May of 1915, Italy enters World War I, and Marinetti encourages all futurists to put down their art and join the war. So by the summer, Marinetti, Russolo, and many other prominent futurists join the war. In December of 1915, Marinetti published Italian Pride, a futurist manifesto glorifying the war. World War I set back the movement as far as art is concerned. In 1916, some prominent futurists died in the war. St. Ilya, who is an architect, and he wrote the Architectural Manifesto, and Buccioni, who was a painter and sculptor and very prominent futurist, who also wrote the unique forms of continuity and space. By 1918, Marinetti releases Manifesto of the Italian Futurist Party, resurrecting futurist political radicalism and calls for restructuring all forms of social, political, and cultural oppression. By November of 1918, the war is over. The fascists created a revolution with futurists joining the movement led by Marinetti. By November of 1919, Mussolini was appointed to power and Italian fascism took over. Not all futurists identified themselves as fascists. Many just wanted to use the fascist regime as a way to establish futurism as the official art movement of the state of Italy. Even though it was unsuccessful in its attempt to become the aesthetic style of the regime, 
It nevertheless contributed immensely to the art of fascist Italy, representing its most modern aspects. At this time, Theater of Surprise in 1921, written by Marinetti, reiterated a dynamic relationship between audience and actors and encouraged a new surprise in the orchestra, in the clubs, and in the city on the evening of the shows. This theater style brought a rise to the manifesto by Aldo Mantia and Mario Bartaccini, called Musical Improvisation. They served as improvisers at many futures performances. In this written piece in 1921, they say that the futurist ideal is to identify the performer with the creator, to bring improvisation to everyone. The extemporaneous and genius element of music, conceived as being the real art of elegance, frees music from traditional forms and modes. Virglio Mortari was a musician from Florence that specialized in futurist surprise performances from 1921 through 1923. His most famous work is Foxtrot for the Theater of Surprise, which we are featuring now. We cannot finish this talk on futurism without mentioning the anti-feminine nature of the movement. Anne Dalk and Lauren Blankenship, two professors that taught gender and technology, in 2009 wrote that futurism simultaneously interested and repulsed them. The movement is about speed and aggression, thus the futurists saw anti-feminine. Futurist artists, especially Marinetti, believed male and female were in search for a complete being, refusing to see gender, that the modern woman has an important role in society, but not the traditional earthly woman, a more machine-like woman. It is this crack in the a priori misogynist facade that allows female futurist artist Valentine de Saint-Point to see herself as a futurist. Valentine states, Humanity is mediocre. The majority of women are neither superior nor inferior to the majority of men. They are equal. Both deserve the same contempt. She notes in a typical futurist style, an exclusively male individual is nothing but a brute. An exclusive female individual is nothing but weakness. Dalk and Blankenship found the anti-feminine nature of futurism to be backlash of the female progress in Europe in late 19th and 20th century. Paola Sica wrote about Maria Giannini, and she described the futurist woman as characterized by her desire for power, for the exceptional and for the absolute, a refusal to acknowledge possession of a sexed and gendered body. This desire generates the image of a superwoman who embraces the new possibilities offered by technology and even aspires to dominate time and space. The impetus of this woman, however, 
tends to be curbed when she comes to terms with the world of men, which makes refusing acknowledgement of a gendered body impossible. Futurism brought a space for women to experiment creatively and politically, but were never able to fully integrate and be equal in the futurist arts and politics. Although futurist music declined in Italy in the 1920s, the last contribution in the futurist tradition was in radio. Marinetti wrote the Futurist Radiophonic Theater in 1933. Radio, or radia, was to become a medium. Marinetti proclaimed that will not borrow from the other art forms, but becomes a new art, where theater, cinematography, and narration stop. Radio became a more sophisticated version of Russolo's Antonio Romori and it was, in itself, a form of noise music. Marinetti composed five short pieces for radio using found sounds from many different places like interference between radio stations and human and non-human sounds mixed with long bouts of silence. Futurist radiophonic theater was known for its use of silence in its pieces. For example, in Marinetti's Battle of Rhythms, he uses the repeated ring of an electric bell, with its exact duration not given, followed by three minutes of silence, followed by the sound of a key turning a lock, followed by one minute of silence. Marinetti uses silence as a musical aesthetic. The listener, eloquently put by Art Nabish, is like the soldier in a trench, left alone for the next impact provided by the ongoing battle of rhythms. The silence also created suspense for the listener, guessing, when will the next sound come along? Is the piece over? All five of his pieces use silence like this, interspersed with babies crying, car horns, and other found sounds. This kind of thought has much to do with more contemporary composers like John Cage. John Cage, a California avant-garde musician, specialized in experimentalism and used silence as a major part of his compositions and lectures, like his famous lecture on nothing. Silence also plays a major role in Christian Wolff's duo for violinist and pianist, where long stretches of silence and near silence made up the bulk of the composition. Along with Cage and Wolff and other American avant-garde musicians, Musique Concrete in 1940s France and the Fluxus Movement in New York in the 1960s all find their heritage in futurism. Russolo is said to be one of the most underrated figures in the history of the arts in the 20th century. The influence he had on French musique concrete was huge, while prominent concrete artist Pierre Schaeffer claims to have never heard of him. What Russolo and Marinetti put out in the world at this time made noise and sound into somewhat mainstream music. They broke down barriers in musical composition through volume and intensity, and with the invention of new instruments that arguably led to Moog synthesizers. But futurism has significantly changed the way we see music today and continues to surprise and influence listeners that discover their work now. 
The futurist musicians, and Rusolo in particular, deserve full credit for their influence on current industrial experimental noise music. Fast forward to today, an experimental Latvian artist, Yelena Glasovas, is a contemporary sound artist that specifically states the futurist movement as one of the main influences of her work. An article called Voices Surface and Artifact by Peter Kern describes Gossova's stated influence and approach to her work. She says, I consider voice processing to be a kind of deconstruction of vocal elements, a form of expressing unpronounced speech, connecting it with my practice as a poet and the issue of physicality. Formally, that technique is inspired by the sound poetry tradition of using the human voice, having roots in Dadaism and Futurism. Drone and noise form is a metaphor for an internally flowing development of primary matter versus human body development at the macrocosmic and microcosmic levels, which is very Etienne Jules Marie. What you are hearing now is her duo improv session with Peter Kern in Riga, Latvia. She continues, as you see, I consider myself a conceptual artist and more interested in the philosophical justification of my work. And this is what the futurists were all about, for better or for worse. Check out the Futurist playlist accompanying this episode at Press Play on sonosphere.podcast.com. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams, and engineered by Benfis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>